We are not defeated. We are more than victorious through Him that loved us. The devil can't stop this. Doesn't matter. Don't look at yourself. Look at what God said. God will have His way. How many are happy to be in church today? Isn't this wonderful? Oh my, what a great atmosphere here today. God bless you. Why don't you turn around and wave at somebody? Lord willing, by next week we can shake hands. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Amen. Listen, have your seat just for a quick moment. i got a few things I just want to bring to your attention. I want to just thank the trustees that gave us air conditioning in the sanctuary today. God bless them. <laughs> for those of us that were sitting in the office back there, we didn't have that. And for those of you who be sitting in the service, there'll be one person standing. Not just trying to make you feel sorry or anything, but I'm just telling the facts, that's all. <laughs> Amen. Um, air conditioning is certainly needed at this time, but uh, we're not going to complain about the temperature. There are too many days that are on the other side of the uh, barometer that are in us, so we'll take what we have. Uh, we're coming to the end of uh, the school year and uh, beginning of summer. Normally, we would have a July long weekend at one service, so that'll be today. We're just going to have the one service today, and that will be in part to consideration of the week ahead. Uh, Lord willing, we're planning for the service Wednesday night yet. That'll be June 30th. And uh, then on Friday, that is July the 2nd, we're having a graduation for our graduates. And we truly thank the Lord that we're able to have the graduation. There was really a lot of iffy things depending on the regulations and such. So we can't have everybody there, but uh, we want to thank God that we can have the graduation, honor our graduates. And we've got Brother Tom Ray from Cloverdale who'll be ministering for the graduates this Friday. And for those that we can't have everybody, but he'll be here on Sunday for two services. So let's, I'm, I'm looking forward to a special time. And the reason I'm looking forward to it is July 1st, the Alberta government has said no more restrictions. <laughs> so what all that means yet, I don't know, but I'm just looking forward to it. And, and there was one little loophole that we still had to get around, and that, that, that passed this week is when the city of Edmonton said, we're going to go along with that, no more masks. So I'll tell you, <laughs> where is this thing? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to that. So... Let's just keep in prayer this upcoming week. We're looking forward to a great time. Let's be in prayer. Let's be in expectation. And uh, we, we are just going to have a wonderful week. And I also want to say that we are still planning for our annual meetings at the end of July. The, the borders are not, they, they still have restrictions. There's some talk of easing. But we're planning for the weekend of July 26th, 27th. And so how the meetings will unfold, we'll let you know, but that's the, the weekend that we're planning. That is the weekend before the long weekend of August. So if you want to make your plans accordingly, that's, that's the way that we're, we're planning to do it. It's always a special time. So let's be in prayer for that. Also, just want to make mention of the Malawi project. Uh, 
that is the printing of books and Bibles and bring them to the believers. About a month ago, we'd brought that to the church, and, uh, and if you had it on your heart, some were asking about it. And I just want to say the response has been overwhelming. On behalf of Brother Harold and, and, and the work and, and the church has always had a desire. I believe that God has blessed us because we've always let there be an outflow and, and, and a work. So we've had an overwhelming response. We want to thank you for all of that. And so that uh, today is the last day for donations. You can do that through the Tithely app, or you can do it back here as well. So God bless you all that gave. I believe we'll see a reward for that one day. And not that we're looking for rewards, but just to see somebody who got the gospel because we were faithful doing what we, God gave us the power and the means to do. So we thank Him for that. Also, Brother Andrew mentioned this on Wednesday. Um, there are some tracks that we have at the back. Um, I'd like to say that even though we've had limitations to what we can do and travel, the message has been going out. And I, I've personally been privy to a number of things that are they're going out. And I'd just say this, God is doing a great work. God is anointing young men, He's anointing ministers, He's anointing brothers to do things. And even in our church, we want to thank the brothers that put together the podcast. And then they've also had some tracks that they've put together. And sometimes people don't want to see you, but they'll look at something like this. They are very nicely done. There's some at the back. If you feel you can use these and make that a tool and witness to somebody, they're there for you. But please, don't waste them. So you can, you can take them. You're welcome to do it. God bless you, Brother Andrew and, the, and Brother Tito, Brother John, Brother Max, the others that are all involved in that, and Brother Harold for, for, for being behind it as far as this church goes. We appreciate that, and uh, we all have a duty to witness, so we want to just do that. Okay, let's stand together. I just came to glorify. We've come here this morning to worship our God. To glorify His name. He's worthy of praise this morning. Welcome you all this morning, wherever you are. Sure is good to be in the presence of the Lord. Let's just sing this before we change the order. I just came to glorify, glorify your singing will do. Thank you to the musicians. I'll invite you to open your Bibles and turn, if you will, to the book of Colossians chapter 1. 
We have one service today. This is a great place to be this morning. If you have air conditioning at home, fine. That's a good place to be maybe too, but this, this is even better. We got air conditioning. We're going to go out in the heat later today. So we want to make much of our time this morning. Amen. Let's just look at this, Colossians chapter 1. This is a tremendous scripture, very familiar to us. But let's just read this from verse 16. Maybe we'll just slow down. Appreciate the songs this morning, uh, the specials that were sang, and even the last song you sang this morning, Brother Marion, Rising Up. There's a New Testament church rising up. That's the direction we're going this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I want to magnify the Lord today. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Turn with me also, Ephesians chapter 1. We will drop down to verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. If you're here this morning... And you didn't come because somebody coaxed you or somebody brought you. Maybe you were born in a family, but you know that the God of heaven spoke personally to you. You ought to be thanking God this morning. Not everybody has that. His calling, His choosing, His voice, that makes the difference. that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he hath wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places." Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. This will tie in with Colossians, verse 22. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. All that God was, he poured into Christ. 
all that Christ was. He poured into a many-membered body. He's here today. He's God in His universe. He's God in His Son. He's God in His Word. And He's God in His people this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what a tremendous thought this morning. We pray that you'd give us unction to speak it. We pray that you'd give us revelation to hear it. We pray that you would take this service into your hands and under your control. Lord, take the minister under your control. Take our bodies, our natural ears under your control. And then, Lord, take our hearts and our minds and enlighten us and give us revelation for the hour that we stand in. We ask it. Bless everyone that's here, that's listening in. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'm also going to ask you to turn over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. I always make an excuse and say this is familiar scripture. It may be familiar to your natural mind, but to your heart, you may not have heard it the way you ought to hear heard it, heard it yet. Matthew 16, verse 13, and when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, when Jesus asks a question, he already has the answer. But he's doing it in such a way that he wants to draw something out to link the hearer. It isn't enough that Jesus knows that we're part of this, but he wants you to know what he has done for you. He wants you to know that you're a part of him. He wants you to know that he is above all and that his calling is greater than anything the devil can throw at you. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say you are John the Baptist and Elias and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets and he said unto them, but who do you say that I am? Now, this is a question that was being answered and there was something that was going to happen at this very moment that was very supernatural. It was going to go beyond the natural hearing, the natural words. This was God was going to do something that the devil can't get a hold of even to this day. And that is the power of revelation. It is revelation that will give you authority over the devil. It is revelation that will tell you who you are. It is revelation that will cause you to be an overcomer this morning. And Simon Peter, he starts to answer, but all of a sudden, some other words started to come out of his mouth. And he says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus, knowing this would be, he answers this way. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. In other words, the flesh and blood standing in front of you has not revealed it to you. But there's something greater. He says, my father, but my father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church. And then he also makes this declaration. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
I'll tell you what, the gates of hell are all around us, but they will not prevail over the revelation that God has given in this hour to a people that are on the earth that know their God, that know who they are, that know who called them out of a dark Laodicea. That God is prevailing today. That God is living in us today. And he says also in verse 19, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whosoever thou shalt, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now I'm not going to focus on verse 19 today, but I want to draw my text from verse 18. And I will take five words. I will build my church. Who's saying this? God is saying this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now let me just slow down for a moment. I, I'll tell you what, I just love the word of God. I love, I love who God is. I love truth. I love reality. There's nothing greater than the light of God you know, the devil may cause you to have some gloominess and some things, and we get swallowed up in our humanity and what we've done wrong. But I'll tell you what, this morning, the God of heaven is on your side. The God of heaven is, is going to overcome, overcome through you in this age. He's going to prove to the devil, there's an Eve that will not fall. There's a people that I have predestinated. I put something in them. They will recognize me. They will respond. They will turn down Laodicea. They will turn down all the fineries. They will not listen to the voice of the enemy. My sheep know my voice. We were away for a week, and we we're up in the mountains in creation, and it really puts you in another place. And, uh, and your mind is not cluttered, and you see things. You see God in nature. You see God in his universe. And you just look and you begin to think about the God that, that, that created all these things. And, 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 you know, man has reduced God to such a level that, that they, they, you know, they, they, they take the Big Bang Theory. They take science and, and they exalt it over religion. Now governments are becoming the moral authority over a people. Listen, God is not going to be diminished by these things whatsoever. There's a group of people that will recognize He is God and God alone. So I want to just speak for a few moments here on the sovereignty of God. I'm, and I'm going to take just a few things. And as I was doing this, I, I, just, I, I just started jumping almost in, in my chair as I was going through this. And I, all of a sudden it put me in a different place. And as I left the house, I forgot my phone as we, 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 we went back for it because I had some notes on it. And then as we, we got to the place we turned, there's a train crossing. As I'm in the back there, the, the screen is blanking out. And, I, and I'm just saying, all of these things are coming. I said, it's going to be a good service today. Whenever that happens, I know that God is here. And I believe in him. I don't trust in myself, but the same one that inspires the minister, that inspired us in this last day, he's on the throne today. Doesn't matter what's outside. Doesn't matter what the world is doing, what the governments are doing. Doesn't matter what the people are doing. You know, one, we kind of have a little joke. We go hiking in the mountains, and, and uh, 
Sometimes you go in the backwoods and there's these little warnings about bear in the area, grizzly bears in this area, and you know, you're hiking and they advise you carry bear spray and they advise you to take a bear bell and a bear bell just jingles as you're walking and then the bears see you like here. I said, Sandy, I said to her, I said, you know, the weather's getting warm. I said, and now we're on a, on a little path here where there's a lot of people. I said, better take that bear bell. I said, why? Because there's a lot of bears out there. They're not wearing a lot of clothes, and the clothes they're wearing isn't very good. And I'll tell you what, that's a part and product of this world, but there's a God who dwells in righteousness, who dwells in his people. I'm so glad I know him today. So anyway, I want to just speak on the sovereignty of God for a moment. A supreme power or authority. In, in In the book of Deuteronomy, he would tell us, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. That is still the revelation today. The devil might try and diminish it by a trinity thought and and diminish it, but the Lord our God is one. He is sovereign. And when he says something and he does it, there is nobody that can take away from it. Whatever he chooses to do, nobody else can do. I want to just look at the book of Job for a minute. Job went through many trials. I'm not going to read all of this, but he went through many trials. He went through much anguish. He went through many things. And then in verse 38, chapter 38, I'm not going to turn to that, but in chapter 38, God begins to speak to him. And he begins to talk to him. And these are the words. He says, who's laid the foundations of the earth? Who has measured or stretched forth the lines? Who has put the bounds of the sea and the waves? Who has put the clouds and the rain and the lightning? Who has has brought brought all of these things? Who's brought the waters, that water of the earth? And, you know, who's put the stars in their place and the zodiac? Can you tell me, Job, who did all of these things? What's God telling him? He's telling him there's a God that is supreme above all. He is over all. He's our God today. That's the God that we serve today. And he tells Job, he says, can you tell me how the bones grow in the womb? Can you tell me how a little child comes forth? Can you tell me how, who gives him wisdom in the inward parts? What's he doing? He's telling him, there's a God, Job. You know him, but you don't even really know him yet. And he finally, he tells him, gird up your loins. Just let's take one part of this chapter 42. And Job finally comes to this revelation. And Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and no thought can be withholden from thee. Oh, friends, if we could catch a revelation of that. And every thought and everything, we, there, there's a fear of God to be had. We go on to the next part. He says also, Who is it that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Now Job's catching something that he didn't have before, but he's catching God, and and he's seeing it. So in verse 4 he says, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. 
Now listen, that was something the three comforters could not receive. That was something the others could not receive. What Job went through, God was doing, not for Job's uh, detraction or undesirable circumstances, but it was God trying to lift him up into a higher realm. And finally, Job gets to a level, and he gets to a place, I've heard about you, but now I know you. Now I I see you. Now I know who you really are. I believe it was in Exodus chapter 8 verse 10 where, where Pharaoh, where, where, where Moses comes to Pharaoh and he says, and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, tomorrow. And then Job said, and so then Moses said, if I said Job, forgive me, I'm just, but then Moses says unto him, he says, okay, fine. Tomorrow is fine. But that you may know that the Lord is God. You'll have that. And you'll know that he's God. And I love the scene in the movie, The Ten Commandments, when finally Pharaoh's horses are all drowned in the sea, and he comes back to his throne, and he makes the declaration, Moses, God is God. And there's coming a time the earth is going to know that God that we serve is God. There is none like him. Listen, there's no man, there's no preacher, there's no prophet, there's no one that will compare to him. I believe God is raising to a higher level. He is going to receive glory in his church like never before. He's going to have victory over the devil like never before. That's the God that we serve. Now, there's one Lord, one God, one baptism. Deuteronomy 6, we'll just read a couple scriptures just to... Build this a little bit. Now these are the... Maybe I gave you the wrong one there, Ethan. It is Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Oh. (laughs) And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Brother Moses, you touched on this last Sunday. I thought that was so, just felt the Spirit of God come behind that. God just wants us to love him more, appreciate him more. This is not about what we can do. This is about just looking on him. This is about gazing on him, catching his beauty, catching his majesty, and in being awestruck by him, and knowing who he is, and that I can see something the rest of the world cannot see. This morning, if you can see him and acknowledge him, you're in a place that not even 1% of the people live in. You're in a place that very, very, very few live in. This morning, you're blessed among all people to be able to receive and see that. Mark chapter 12, Jesus refers to this when he talks to one of the scribes coming to him and he tells him, and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving them, perceiving that he'd answered them well, he asked them, what is the first commandment of all? Now this is Jesus, the son of man on earth. And Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is hero Israel, The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. A prophet comes in this last day 
And, and let, me, let me just finish this. And the second is, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the first five commandments are really our duty to God. The second five commandments are our duty to man. But out of all of that, the law and the prophets, that is the revelation that we're living under. And Brother Andrew, I believe you, you, you mentioned it to the young people. If you're going to take some time over the summer, and I'll just say it to all of you young people. And I think I'm looking at a whole church full of them. <laughs> young people. Brother Len, you're included in that. All you young people, take the mystery, take the message, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. And when you read Brother Branham, he hits a vein, he hits an anointing there. All hell is against this revelation. What revelation? That Christ is Lord, he is God, he's above all. The threefold purpose to express himself in Christ, gain preeminence in a people and restore us back. That's what God is doing. No man's going to stop it. No anointing on earth. No demon below. No anointing. No government. No laws. No nothing will stop this from coming to pass. Because he said, I will build my church. Let me just take Romans 13 verse 1. Let every soul be subject to higher powers. There is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. If you might say the devil is running rampant out there, God's letting him do it. God's just saying, go ahead, do it. The same God that told him to do it to Job is doing it out there. And what did it do for Job? It brought him into a better place. What's it doing for us? It's bringing us higher all the time. Why? If we don't have a little bit of edge or something to fight against or something to go against, we lose our edge. But thank God it's going to be there. We were, we were away, and a brother from Africa called me the other day. And he says, how are you doing, Brother Ed? I said, oh, we're, it's Brother Tim Ashong. And he says, how's it going? I said, really good. Nice to hear your voice. And we're just talking. And, and I just happened to share with him, and we started getting into this train of thought. Well, first I had to tell him, what's the temperature over there? He says, 32. I said, only 32? We're going to have 35, 36, 37 this week. He says, no, no, Brother Ed, I've been there. I've seen snow on the ground. There's no way. He said, Brother Tim, you can trust me. I'm going to have to, he said. <laughs> but we're just fellowshipping, and we're just talking about it, and we just said all the things that are going. In the end, she'll be there. And we're just talking. In the end, the bride will be there. She will be spotless. She will be clean. She will be what God has said she will be. We will be there without spot, without wrinkle, not because of our doing, but because of His doing. Because the blood shall never lose its power. The sovereignty of God. He is still God over every power. Let every power be subject. Let every demon be subject. Let every man be subject. Every woman be subject. If you're in a place where you're feeling like you're a little more something, you got to get into this place where you see him, the head. Brother Moses preaching on it. The head is here. When that man came, that man, the angel, the covenant angel, when he came in Revelations 10 and he put his foot down, 
on the land and on the sea. That was a declaration. That was a declaration of the sovereignty of God. I am come down. The same one that came in the time of Moses, coming this last day. He has come down. And I'll say, who's going to say anything against him? I don't care what rises up even around the message. It doesn't take away from the fact that God has come down in this last day. And he will bring a people through. They have, I was looking, when I was looking up under the definitions, they have under sovereignty, they have what's called the declaration of sovereignty is the inherent and independent right of someone or some, some people to govern themselves. So when God came down in Revelations 10, it was a declaration that it said, I am come down, I am declaring my sovereignty on the earth again. What are we doing? We're being prepared for a millennium. I'll tell you what, as much as I love the mountains, in that millennium, I won't have to go hiking and look at tattoos and earrings. I won't have to see navels and belly buttons. Oh, my goodness. I escaped before it got too hot. I'll tell you what, I won't have to put up with music. If you like it here, and, and, and it's going to take you three and a half years to get purged, fine. But like Brother Ron Spencer just said in a, in a, in a service recently, you want to take that three and a half years, or you want to take it time now, and you want to spend three and a half years in glory with the saints that have gone on before, with those that are waiting. You want to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb when he dries away the tears. I'll tell you what, if I had a choice, today is the day of salvation. I'll submit myself today that I might be there then. So, this angel that came down, listen, I, 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 just, I have to just go on this. When God spoke in, in Deuteronomy to Moses, and Moses spoke, and that was God's way of speaking, he said, the Lord our God is one. He alone shall you worship. You know, the devil came back and repeated those words. Jesus actually used those words because the devil wanted to receive worship. Jesus used those words to speak in the face of the devil. And God can anoint you to pick up some words that are penned in here and put them in the face of the devil and the devil has no recourse but to listen to what you're saying. When Jesus, now I'm moving a little bit. I got to move from the sovereign, oh my. Let's just, let's just do this for a minute. I got to come back to this. Okay, let me do this and then go into something else. It was Jesus that stood before Pilate. And Pilate said, where is your kingdom? And he, and he says, and, and he says, don't you know that I have power to do this and do this? And Jesus looks him in the face and says, you have no power except it be given to you. Amen. Now you, that's talking about knowing where you stand. Let me just take this quickly. Psalms 113. I, I just feel like this was so rich to me just the other day, just just. just Looking at this, Psalms 113, I just came to glorify. <laughs> yeah. 
Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. This morning, on this side, we can praise the Lord. I don't know I don't know to sit here like a bump on the log. We are the church of the living God. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun. There's a New Testament church rising up. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all the nations and His glory above the heavens. He is coming into power like David's men. I have separated myself from the things of the world and I'm coming to the King that is coming into power. The Lord is high above the heaven, the nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God? <sighs> Brother Ryan Hayes at Cloverdale pens that song. God gave him inspiration reading the book of Isaiah. Who is like unto our God? I think we can sing it. Who is like unto our God? Who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Who raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the dunghole. Listen, the one that's up there, he's right here. He's down here. He's right where you need him. And he says that he may set him with the princes, even with the princes of the people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. I just got to go to the book of Isaiah. Ethan, I don't know if you can keep up with me, but I'm, I'm going to just read out of the book of Isaiah. You won't, you won't be able to keep up with me either this morning because I'm going to read these quickly. And I, This is just one book in the Bible. And these are, these are verses that the prophet Isaiah began to deep pen. A prophet catching the line. 1 verse 24. Therefore saith the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel. Ah, I will ease of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. Who is this? This is authority. This is preeminence. This is sovereignty speaking. Now we jump over to Isaiah 27, verse 12. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river. Did I, which one did I give you? Isaiah 20, yeah. And I'm, I hope I'm reading that, Yeah. And you shall be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. So he's talking that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the stream of the river. Let's go over to Isaiah 29, verse 19. The meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord. And the poor, men sh uh, the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. Listen, you read these scriptures, you cannot take God out of them, and God doesn't take us out of them. It is Him that is with us all along. Thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, and in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. 
Isaiah 30, verse 29. You shall have a song as in the night when the holy solemnity is kept and gladness of heart as one that goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty one of Israel. There is nothing that says a Christian has to be beat down. Nothing that says a Christian has to hang their head. Brother Ed, you don't know what I did. You don't know what I thought. That doesn't matter to God. We are under an unconditional covenant. I will build my church. I will bring you to the place you need to be. I will cleanse you. I will purify you. I will give you everything you have need of. I will give you the garments. I will give you everything that you need. Isaiah 41, verse 14. Listen, if you want to get inspired, just go through these. Type in God and Israel and the Lord and one. And this just came up. And I thought, oh, devil, I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening this morning. Oh, who is like unto our God? Isaiah 41, verse 14. Fear not, thou warm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 41, verse 20. That they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. He has spoken a bride into existence. She was in his mind all along. He sent the word that would speak to her. She would receive it and she would come forth. Isaiah 43, verse 3. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom and Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Isaiah 43. Did I say 15? Make it 14. Sorry. Thus saith the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in their ships. Who is going to bring everything down low? God is going to do that. Isaiah 43 verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Oh, all hail King Jesus. All hail him this morning. This is not on a man or a minister. It's under the jurisdiction of the Almighty God. Isaiah 44, verse 24. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth forth the earth by myself. Who is doing it? It is God that is doing it. It's not in our hands anymore. We have passed the man anointing. We are under the eagle anointing. It's not what we can do. It's what he is doing in our midst. Isaiah 47 verse 14. 
Sorry. Isaiah 47, verse 4. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 48, verse 17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. Isaiah 54, verse 5. For thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Oh, man. I hope the devil's in this service somewhere listening. I hope all his demons are listening because these are the eternal words of God. This is the God who is above you and above all of us. And I say it willingly. One more, Isaiah 55, verse 5. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. I'll tell you what, you look at the attitude of the world today against Israel, you look at where they're going, they don't know that Israel is just now in their position. They don't know that all these things must be. But they don't know that from the Mount of Olives will come forth one, and the mountain will cleave, and God himself shall stand for his people. It's coming. But before it happens there, it's happening here for his bride. What happens in the natural also happens in the spiritual. Now, my oh my, okay. The first message Brother Bram ever preached, I think that we have recorded, is the supreme deity of Jesus. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 1, verse 2. I'm using a lot of scriptures this morning, but I'm moving through them quickly. I trust that you love the Lord this morning, that you appreciate the Lord this morning. First John chapter 1, verse, sorry, verse 1, let's read verse 1. That which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, I've been spent some time talking about the sovereignty of God. I talk about nature. I talk about God and His Word. But I'm going to bring this down a little bit further to His Son. Because Brother Branham would talk. It's God and His universe. God and His Son. God and His Word. God and His people. So he would say, that which we've seen. So with our eyes we've looked on. Our hands have handled the Word of life. For the life was manifest and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Now I wasn't there 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked on the earth and as they would portray him with sandals and with a robe and do all of these things. And there's people who try to emulate that in a natural realm. But the character, the nature that was expressed in all the parables, his attitude towards the people, his attitude towards sin, his attitude towards the devil, his attitude to the redeemed has not changed. And in the last day, God would come again in this last day, and he would come down, and that same attitude, that same son of man would be revealed again in 
the Son of Man in a Son of Man. So he would come again, as, as, as I think it was so appropriately declared, let it not become common. But who is this Melchizedek? Not the one back there, but this one here. Oh, that was when Brother Branham was here. No, he's still here today. He's still in our midst today. He's not very far from us. He has made himself known. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. You know, I don't know what the Trinitarians do with this scripture. The Son made the worlds? Yes, the Son made the worlds. But it was God in the office of the Son. The one God. The only God. The God who was above his creation. Who loved his creation so much, he stepped and humbled himself into a body. That he became one of us. That he took my place. That he bore my sins. I'll tell you what, that does way more than chopping God into three and putting it all into Jesus. The one God, the true God, the only God. That God came down and he took my place. In the, people say, in the church age book, Brother Branham would say to the last church age, thus saith the faithful and true witness. Brother Branham says, I want to tell you what I think of the thought of being faithful. We often talk about the unchanging God, the great unchanging God, whose word does not change. And when we speak of him after that manner, we often get a view of him that makes him seem very impersonal. Now, we're prone to think that. Oh, God doesn't care because I got this issue and I've had it for years. Are you kidding me? He cares more than we realize. He has a time and he has a season for everything. And we trust in him to work everything better than we can work ourselves. He says, and when we speak after that manner, we think he's impersonal. And now, this is the thinking. Go and type in the message sometime. Prone to think. What we are prone to think. And you think, oh, Brother Ed, have you ever been? This last week, I was prone to think certain things. Because of my humanity. Because this unredeemed flesh. That's why I need to be in the Word. That's why I need to be washed. That's why I need to remember, God is still on the throne. I think it was Perry Green that said it. This message came to put God back on the throne. This didn't come to make more denominations. This didn't come to put ministers on a pedestal. This didn't come to create kingdom building. This came to say, all hail King Jesus. He is Lord. He is God. And it said... It is though God made the whole universe and all the laws that pertain to it, and then he stood back as a great and impersonal God. He made a way of salvation for lost mankind, that, being, that way being the cross, and when the death of Christ atoned, he just stood with his arms folded back, and he says, it's if we majored in believing in a great creator 
who having created now lost personal interest in his creation. We're prone to think that. But he says, no, he says, that is what too many people are apt to think. It is the wrong thinking. For God is governing in the affairs of men right now. He is both creator and sustainer. He knows where we are today. He knows where I am. He knows where you are. He knows what's going to come this next week. We need to just stay with him, walk with him. Whatever befalls us, he knows what's going to happen yet before we get out of here. As Brother Tim and I were just fellowshipping, oh, it was glorious. I was sitting on the balcony, and we were just sitting, and I felt like jumping off the balcony because I could fly. But I was on the second floor, and I thought, no, nah, I'm not quite as nimble as I used to be. And I thought, and he, would just, he just made the statement, she'll be there. Maybe, as Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. Maybe our hour has not yet come, but we'll be there. We'll be there. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. I'm just dealing now for a moment on God in His sovereignty now coming down to our level in His Son. John chapter 5. Let's pick this up from verse 19. Then answered Jesus, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things, what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, showeth him all things that he himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. And he says, for the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Just think about what happens when you're praying. And you're praying and your prayers are going up, up, up. And they're received. And when they're received and when you utter these words, forgive me. He is just to forgive us our sins. Actually, the Bible says all of our sins. And we run from him because we think we have to act righteous or that we failed or we came short. And all it takes is he is on the throne interceding for me. Let my prayers, let my deeds come up to him. One day they'll be played, but when that time comes to play them, all he sees is the blood of Jesus. And all the red stains we have made looking through that red blood, all they are is white. Oh, what an opportunity we have to come before, oh, sweet hour of prayer. All judgment is given to him. Oh my. What a place we can come to be washed. You are clean through the word I have spoken unto you, he says. Don't run from him. Come to him. Verse 23, that all men should honor the son as even as they honor the father. He that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father. That sent him. Verse 26 For as the Father hath life in himself, 
so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself. And he hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. So when Jesus utters these words now to Peter, he says, I will build my church. Who's talking here? The supreme deity. The one that's come down. I will build my church. I've spent a lot of time on this aspect of it. Let me, let me now just take for a moment and go back to some of the same scriptures because linked with Jesus pouring himself into, uh, so God pouring himself into Jesus, there's also something that we're associated with. So back to 1 John chapter 2, and this is uh, where 1 John chapter 1, we read verses 1 and 2, but now we're just going to read in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and we do not the truth. But... If we walk in the light. I, I was just reflecting on this. Sometimes I go into places that I used to go as a young man. And I, I remember as a young man, summer would come, it would be hot. And I, I would think, man, I'm going to put a pair of shorts on. And I, I would do it and then I, I would feel sorry for all these guys wearing long pants. What is with them? And I knew some of them were Christians because I was raised in a Christian home. But that was the way I grew up. I wasn't converted. Then you become converted. And then you hear, it's a sissy spirit to put sport shorts on. And I thought, hmm, that can't be. I grew up in the world. I played sports. I played on the basketball team. Every guy on the basketball team wears shorts. You know, and then I, I, you know, I, I grew up and, and the culture was, I go to the beach and everybody wears shorts. Could you imagine going, well, I wouldn't go to the beach anyway. But here, fast forward, 30-some years later, 36 years later, I can't stand the thought of putting on shorts. I thought, wow, that's terrible. Who would want to do such a thing? <laughs> same body, same guy, same memory. Different dwelling inside. Different spirit inside. I'll tell you what, it's not do's and don'ts. It's not rules. Just love him more. <laughs> Brother Moses, you hit the nail on the head. Just love him more. Lord, whatever you say, that, that's all I believe. You know what? I, I, I grew up in a time in an era, oh my, I, I don't even want to say these things in the pulpit, hardly, when it was the Beach Boys, because it's summer, I have to say this. The Beach Boys, you know, have fun, fun, fun in the sun and all, uh, uh, careful where you're going with those songs. But you know what? That, that's what I think. Yeah, it's summer. Why wouldn't you do anything? Then I became a Christian and summer meant camp meetings. Wow, they're having special services. I get to go. And yeah, I still love to hike. I still love to do all those things. But I don't do it with rock and roll music playing in the background. I don't lay on a beach anymore. I enjoy it. And I enjoy seeing God in all of that. And what is it? God did all of that. But I am walking in the light. And you know what? As we look in, as we're in the light and as we're looking at this image, we ourselves are transformed. As you come service after service, you're transformed. You're being washed by the water of the word. Something's changing in you. Oh, this attitude, this thinking that I always had. You know, this, this pessimistic mindset that I have. 
I'll tell you what, friends. Forget all of that. We have so much positive to dwell on. And sometimes we don't even talk about the good things of God. We dwell on the negative. You know, this isn't right in the church and that isn't right. Forget all of those things. Worship Him. Thank Him. I'll tell you what. We ought to be the happiest people. My, oh my. Let me keep going. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and... The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses from all sin. I've enjoyed watching some of this series they have on the chosen. And I don't view it as verbatim, but it gets me thinking. And it gets me thinking, oh Lord. And, and, and maybe they don't have all the revelation, but I believe they're inspired to do some of the things they do. You know, and then I, and then I have to stop and think, and when I see them, and, and, and you know, and, and there's a Trinitarian aspect to it, and they're wearing, the women are wearing pants, and they're doing this, kind of, you know, in, in the creators of the show, I think, and yet, Lord, you allowed me to see beyond that. Oh, the light, the fellowship in the light. Oh, Lord, how I love your word, how I love you. And David would speak in Psalms 19 and he'd just go, oh, the commandments are how pure and they're my delight and they're this. And, you know, but I'll tell you what, you just get a little off track and you, you start to get in a channel where you're, you're feeding on different things and, and all of a sudden it doesn't feel as appealing because the flesh is still the flesh. Oh, I, I want to stay in the channel with him. I want to stay in the channel with him. Jump ahead, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. We read verses 1 and 2, but let's just read. After every one of these, it talks about the manifestation of the Son, but then it brings part of us into it. So Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it would say this now, after verses 2, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath purged our sins, the authority... The supreme authority that came in the Son purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. In another place in Hebrews, he sat down expecting till all his enemies become his footstool. And who are his enemies? The enemies that are your enemies. If somebody hates you, it's not that they hate you, they hate the spirit in you. They hate that part of you, they hate the spirit of Christ. Jump over back to John chapter 5. Just want to pick this up quickly, and, and I just want to see your names are written in there with him. I will build my church. John chapter 5. Let's just read verses 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. All of this is inserted right when he's talking. I've given all authority to the Son. And now, there's another place in the Bible where he says, he that receiveth whom I send receiveth me. So when you receive the one that God anoints to send the word, you receive him. And this scripture, if you hear my word, not just natural, you believe on it, you have everlasting life. You shall not come unto condemnation, but you're passed from death unto life. Next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Why? He is the resurrection. He is the life. And I'll tell you what, something has resurrected in me already. Something has resurrected in you already. Oh, don't lose this joy. This joy that I have. Listen. If you're going to put on your joy shoes, 
as Brother Max would say. He's got a special set in his closet. I think he's got about 15 of them, actually. And they usually are on every time he's preaching and when he's not preaching, but they're on. I'll tell you what. When July 1st comes and we can come to church and we don't have to wear these things, the mask that you're wearing, you don't have to do it and you can have liberty, I just tell you, don't sit back and say, well, I guess it's kind of nice. No. You ought to thank God with all your heart. Thank God for what we have. This light that I have, nobody can blow it out. <laughs> this joy that I have, nobody can take it away. <laughs> Don't dwell in the negative. Dwell in the positive. Listen, it was John that was there in Revelation chapter 5. And he says, and I saw the book in the hand. And he says, and who was worthy to take the book? Nobody. And John began to weep and he began to cry. There was Moses there. There was David there. There was Elijah there. All the prophets were there. Everyone and nobody could take the book. But then a voice came out in the middle of that throne and said, Weep not, O John, for the Lamb, the Lion, the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And he hath taken the book and loosed the seals. And after that, they all sat somberly. No. The scripture says, and then they sang a new song. Oh, since I saw my name on the book of redemption. Oh, nothing can take it away. Praise the Lord. Where are we at? First John chapter... Five. I, I, you know what? Let's, I'll just read it. First John chapter 5, verse 9. Let's just read this quickly. And then I'm just going to pick up a couple other things here. Yeah. Listen, if I let you out early, you're just going to get hotter quicker. <laughs> this might be the coolest place you've ever been <laughs> today. Well, I, trust me, I have air conditioning in our cars, but we can't eat in our cars. We can't sleep in our cars. If you have it at home, you're blessed. I'll tell you. First John chapter 5, verse 9. <clears throat> if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he's testified in his, of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath this witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Brother Lynn, you and I took a trip up to Alaska in June. And we were there at 2 o'clock. We were there with Brother Beaton. And it was, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And we were salmon fishing. And, and Brother Willie McGowan was there. And he told us he caught a 12-pounder once. <laughs> but we were up there. And we had that trip, and I'll just tell you, and it was wonderful. The sun set at, at, at 2 o'clock, and it rose at 4. It's even worse than here. I, I don't know how we could sleep even at night, hardly. But Brother Beaton is not dead. He is still alive. Sister Marlene is not dead. Brother Lawrence Kesser is not dead. Sister Grandma Kesser is not dead. Listen, friends. They are alive. They're very 
very, very, very much alive. We are one of them. As we get closer to the end, there's a pull from the two dimensions that is happening. It is a reality. It is a truth. My grandma Whitmire is not dead. She's very young. She's very much rejoicing. Those that have gone before us, they are not dead. They are alive. They have eternal life and we have this record in ourselves. This is the record, verse 11, that God has given us eternal life. This life is in His Son. He that hath the Son is life, that hath not the Son of God has not life. Drop down to verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. <laughs> but I sin every day, brother. Yeah, but you never did it in the first place. You never would have done it if you had the choice. And he would say, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and that wicked one toucheth him not. Oh, to be clean, to be undefiled, to be pure before God. So, Brother Ed, I don't feel like that this morning. All it takes is a repentance, a confession before God, and at that moment those sins are dropped into the sea of forgetfulness, and furthermore, those sins go right back to the devil and his greasy hands, and it gets pinned on him. And he's going to see a, a, a group of people cheering when he's cast into the pit one day. And in fact, they're rejoicing now. Oh, friends, don't live in that cycle of this and this we're under an eagle anointing. I will build my church. Listen, I've been doing this for half the service, but I'm going to tie my shoes because they've been loose. So pardon me because I, I don't want to hinder what I went there. I'm good. I feel better. And some of you that were watching that untied shoelace feel better. I know you do. And now I distracted myself from what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I can't blame anyone for, but myself for interrupting. But I'll tell you what, what we have believed, I'll tell you what, we know in whom we have believed. Okay. We know that we are of God, the whole world lies in witness, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Christ Jesus. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children... Keep yourself from idols. Now, this is the same John that laid on the bosom of Jesus, and he comes back, little children, God is love. Love the Lord. And it's not the kind of love that the world comes and tells you about. Okay. I, my, my, my. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go back. There's a, there's a message Brother Branham spoke, and if you have a chance and you want to go to it sometime, in 1960, September 11th, Something about that date, I don't know what it is, but I believe it was when God spoke the five identifications of the true church of the living God. And it was funny because I'm, I'm getting this inspiration while I'm hiking and while I'm doing things and for the service, and then, and then I'm coming, and then last night I was laying down, and then I thought, i, I got to get that book. And then I already had written down scriptures, and as I opened the book, and I, I have a whole 
thing full of books, and I remembered it was a, it was a red book. So it was a white book with red print, and I remembered it, and I was just looking, and I reached in, and it was the first book I got. <laughs> and then what was even better was the same scriptures I had Brother Branham read. And it wasn't because I, I'm anything more spiritual, but I have the same God. And, and that same God is here today. He's not very far from us. And our brother Adam would take the scripture and says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he asked these five questions. He said, who is the church? Who set it up? What is the message? How do we become a member of it? And how do we get, and can we get to heaven without being a member of it? So he begins, first of all, and he takes the scripture, I will build my church. And he says, now the church itself means the called out. It means those that have been separated, made different. And he says, it is the church is the people of God that's been called out of the world to serve in another kingdom. So it's not one foot in the world and one foot in church and trying to straddle the line, but it's I've left this, I'm into this, I may stumble, I may fall, but I am part of a different kingdom. I am not just a part of the church because my name is on the directory and my phone is there. I am there because the spirit that is in me is of another world, of another spirit. And the people that attend with me are part of that. And he says, it's a messianic empire. The church is not a gathering of people. Oh, people ask you, what church do you go to? End time message tabernacle. End time message tabernacle. Sometimes we say ETM Tabernacle. But I just say, I, 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 once in a while, ETM, what does that stand for? End time message. What does that mean? Well, before God would come, do you believe God is coming? And, and we'd say things. Whatever way you use, when you witness, use, use tracks if you need to. Direct them to a deacon, to a minister. Speak what's on your heart. Speak of what God did for you. Say, I don't know what happened to me. I was doing this one day. You know, if, we, if we, we'd have those interviews beyond the curtain of time again, like we did the other day, you know, they're interviewing Abraham. They said, Abraham, tell us, what happened to you, Abraham, when, when, when one day you were a heathen up to 75 years old? What happened? He says, well, I don't know. I was, I was something in me. I was always looking for something. But one day, a voice just spoke to me and said, sell everything you got, pack up, separate yourself, and leave your people and follow me. What was that, Abraham? That was the call. Oh, the call. God's choice is greater than any choice. Okay, Abraham's just signing off. So he says, God's choice is bigger than any choice. What God chooses, because he's a sovereign God, means more than man's choice. That was witnessed in the book of Acts when Judas went off the scene and they all got together and they said, let's pick somebody to replace Judas. Well, they picked Matthias or whatever his name is. You don't read a lot about Matthias, but God's choice was a little hook-nosed Jew named Paul. And when you read Paul in the Old Testament, he says, Paul, an apostle by the will of God. Paul, a part of the church, ignorantly I persecuted them before, but now I'm a part of those people. I'm one and the same with them. And, and, and I was on the road to Damascus, and I was on the road, and when I was there, something said to me, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Lord. Lord, in Hebrew means God. How was I persecuting you? You were persecuting one of my little ones, the church, his body. Friends, we, we got to get over this thing. I will build my church. 
the world takes this and says, he's building it on Peter. Yeah, this is a man who denied him later. That was not who he was building him on. Others say, no, it wasn't Peter, which means little stone, this rock. But no, I'm building it on Christ. And, and they take it on Christ, the one who walked in a gown and sandals. No, that wasn't what he was building it on. He was building it on the revelation. There is nothing as such prevailing power as revelation. The revelation that shorts are not what I want empowers me to walk out and, and, and on the hottest day and have you get a nice cool pair of pants. And I says, but I don't have to be identified with the world. And you know what? I'm free. I'm not struggling. Oh, maybe, you know, when I'm on vacation, you know, I'll just go and hide here and I'll do this and this. Well, we had a couple of legalists come through our church here some years ago. They're going around the country to all the churches. And they went to Brother Jonah Emke's in Kelowna who has a swimming pool in his backyard. And they asked him, do you wear shorts when you go in your swimming pool? He said, if I wear nothing, what's it to you? I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. Listen, men try to make disciples of themselves. Those spirits are around the message, except you listen to my tapes, except you listen to Brother Branham's tapes, except you do this, except you do this, except you do this. I'll tell you what, we need to leave room for God. We need to leave room for God to reveal himself to whom he will. It's not my business to change somebody. But I preach the word. God takes care of the rest of it. God reveals himself to whoever he will. That's on how he was building his church. And we try to, no, you got to see it the way I see it. Forget that. Some of us came, sometimes we eat different foods. Love butter chicken. Comes from India. Some people here make it very well. I'm not asking for it, by the way. <laughs> but I, I, I said to my wife, what if we grew up? And I mentioned some of the missionary trips that Brother Harold and I went on. And we went to this place. I remember it was in Malawi. No, it wasn't in Malawi. Yeah, it was in Malawi. And we went down to Mozambique, and they served the meal. And then they had the chicken. Chicken's the most universal dish there is. They had the chicken, they had these other things. And then finally they brought out this plate of mush. And they said, what is that? I said, what is that? That's cow gut. Oh. My plate's full right now, but, you know, if I grew up there, maybe I would love that. Thankfully, I didn't grow up there. <laughs> but you know what? If we would call, we would call everyone who's just like us, who sees it like us, and we try to force people, we can even force our own children to, you got to see it this way, and we run a military camp and we don't allow room for God. You know what we need to do is we need to respect the same God, if you watch this, here's the chosen, the same God that chose Mary, chose, chose Matthew, chose Peter, chose Andrew, chose all these different places. And if you go to the book of Acts, it actually says, God has set in the church. Such as should be saved. It wasn't somebody that's just like you. In fact, there's a lot of other people that are not like you, and you're not like them. 
We need to leave room for the revelation. The revelation is sovereign, not your personality, not your thinking, but you need to leave room for your brother and your sister. Don't put them out. Don't look down on them. And just because you're higher, don't look down on them. I have to preach on verse 19 at an upcoming service. But at whatsoever you loose, whatsoever you bind, that'll be another service. Listen, the revelation is what will give you power. The revelation will allow you to love your brother who's different than you, your sister who's different than you. That's how God builds his church. I'm thankful he called Brother Andrew. I'm thankful he put it on Brother Andrew's heart to have prayer meetings or do a podcast, the brothers that do. I'm thankful he called Brother John. Even redheads are in the kingdom. If you actually read in, in what were you saying the other day, Brother Max, when you were just something about being short? And I thought, yeah, you know, even, even all stature have to be part of it. But David was ruddy. Ruddy means red. So John, you're, you're closer to David than most of us. You know, God calls everyone. Leave room. What is it? It's the revelation. So Brother Adam would, would say, my, how's how my time is going here? He says, so the church means the called out. And it's a messianic empire. God's kingdom. And Brother Adam says, I can judge no one. But to see them by their fruits, they are not known. And he talks about how his wife would see these, these people in, around Jeffersonville. And, 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 you know, why do we constrain our women to dress in dresses and they don't? And he says, he says because they're of another spirit. And he's saying, Brother Bam would say, he travels around the world, all the kingdoms of the world, there's different spirits, and, and they're all different, every nation is different. But he says... We're not governed by national spirits or personal spirits. You know, we have witnessed, and I'm, I'm, I'm winding my thoughts. I'll bring some of it into another service. We're witnessing this whole movement, cancel culture. And they're thinking of canceling Canada Day because of the atrocities committed. And, I, and I, I'll tell you what, I've been overseas and I'll say, what, what happened here is not, is not good, but it, it's, it, I've, we've seen it overseas. Tribal wars and people killed just in the name of tribes and things. I'll tell you what, God has never had to cancel anything in His kingdom. He is building His kingdom. He doesn't have to go back and change something. We've gone from lion to ox to man to eagle. It is always ascending. It is always arising. I will build my church. I will take care of this. I am the one who is coming to the throne. I am the one who will be Lord of all. And I tell you what, I look back at my brothers and sisters in the dark ages. I think they're heroes. But they're also going to think we're heroes. Just because we have air conditioning and drive a nice car doesn't make us any better than the brother or sister that lives in a mud hut in Africa. In fact, we are on the same level. And if our thinking is, well, we're just a little better and God thought a little more of me, I'll tell you what, God's going to knock that out of us. We are one. He's our king. 
We can have access to our king, he says, Brother Brennan would say. We are in another kingdom. Decence, holiness, power exist. And he would say, I won't be able to read all of this here. My, oh, my. I'm going I'm to, I'll, I'll come back to this in another place. So Brother Brandon would say, God's church is free. God's church is bound by no boundaries. From sea to sea is God. Every human being under the earth belongs to them. Whatever they've come out of, God knows them. So really, a born-again Christian is a wanderer in the sight of the world. He's a renegade, but in the sight of God, he is precious. Brother Brandon would take other aspects of this, but let me just take this part. We'll focus on just the revelation. It's not so much us following rules. I, I, I can tell you, I understood serpent seed intellectually. I understood it, and I thought, okay, I got to see this, 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 I got to... I knew I had to see it. I could see, okay, yeah. But one day, something clicked. Oh, that's why Jesus had to be virgin born. Oh, that's why Paul said, I've espoused you to one. Not like Eve. Who, who, I, I don't have the rest of the scripture at my fingertips right now, or my, in my mouth right now. But he would talk about it, who was beguiled. Oh, it makes sense now. And there's got to come another Eve. And she will not commit adultery. And she will not defile herself. And she will be that. And I have been chosen to be that part of the body. If I was born in the days of of the dark ages, I would have given my life. Because that was the part that I was living under. But I live under this day. Therefore, I cannot identify with the Trinity doctrine. Therefore, I have to live separate for God. Therefore, I can't partake of the fineries of the world. Therefore, I can't have a television going. Therefore, I can't do these other things. I'm a temple for the Lord. God bless you for speaking that on Wednesday, Brother John. We are the habitation of God. When the revelation strikes us. So Brother Ram would say in the Church Age book, it requires, this book isn't revealed to anyone but a special class of people. It will take prophetic insight, the ability to hear from God, supernatural instruction, not a student comparing verse with verse, though that is good. I don't know who who said it this way the other day, just recently. It wasn't, I think we were studying in the seals. It wasn't Brother Branham teaching us on the seals, but it was Brother Branham being inspired by what he was under. And furthermore, everyone who's a part of this church will receive the same inspiration that the prophet messenger received. That's the identification of the church. It is not just, well, I I go to this church, my mom and dad believe this, and I believe this, and then, you know, my my grandpa believed this, and then, uh, no, that isn't it. No, something spoke to me. I, I sat there for years, but one day, Something became real. One day, something moved me. (laughs) I was no longer my own. We were coming down from a hike, and I remembered the days I'd lived in the world, 
God was dealing with me. I didn't feel like I'm part of the church. I didn't, I, I would go and I would read my Bible at fast. I'd go up to the mountains. I'd, I'd hike. I had all these records. Remember, nobody knows what records are, but I do. And I had these records and, you know, I, I slowly turfed them and got rid of them and I kept a few and some of the ones I kept, I thought, this is a rock and roll. I, I didn't buy this for myself. I bought it because of my friends. Turf, get rid of that, you know, and these different things. But I kept a few and I remember there was a song a guy sang and it was called Rocky Mountain High. And it was, he walks with God and he listens to the, I so identified with it at that time. And I'm up there in this, here I am in this high again. <laughs> and, and you got to be careful how you say that in this day, the days of cannabis shops and things. But, you know, I was under this thing and, I, and it just came back to me. I said, Lord, that was you. That was you dealing with me. You separating me. You moving me. You taking me away. That was you. And I said, oh, Lord, don't ever take that from me. There's got to be a place where you know it's him. He revealed himself personally to me. Not what I heard Brother Branham say, but what Brother Branham said, my spirit identifies with that. And he says, it is anyone who reads this book is blessed. It's the revelation of God that will give you authority over the devil. And he says, nothing is of such prevailing, prevailing power as revelation. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. I'll wind down with this. What is the new birth then, Brother Branham? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Not that you joined a church. Not that you shook a hand. Not a code of rules. You know, we've, we've put that on denominations for years. Yeah, you're in denominations. You can be in the message and have a denominational spirit. Amen. You are meant to be free. This is the spirit of truth. This is not a code. It's not a conduct. It's not a set of rules. I, Jesus didn't say, I'll build my church by Ed Hammermeister, or by Harold Hildebrand, or by, by Donnie Reagan. No, I'll build my church by the revelation, even though I use those vessels to preach, but I'll build my church by revelation. And you might be in the service on a Wednesday night tired, and something will strike you, and you might remember that one thing, and you take that out the door with you, and it stays with your whole life. You can't control it. God controls it. He says, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ to you. No matter what anybody says, it's Christ. Not, he says, pastor, priest, whatever it may be, it's Christ in you. That's the revelation that the church is built on. I think I've said enough today. Musicians, you can come. I, there's, there's more I could go into, and like I said, I'll bring some of this into another service, but I trust, friends, we view the message not as, well, you know, we're under the auspices of Jeffersonville. We're under the auspices of, you know, the, the church that's got it is the church that's, you know, in, in Happy Valley or Evening Light or, or Cloverdale or, 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 or wherever. No, that's not the church. The church is the church that Jesus is building. It's a mystical body. 
Nobody knows who it is. It's, it's the sovereignty of God. It's God's choosing. It's what God decided. Ephesians church. And I will present. Uh, let me, uh, we'll read this last. Ephesians 5. Let's just, I'll read from this if I can. Ephesians 5. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Oh, there's a New Testament church that's rising up. <laughs> Let's stand together. I, if, if nobody enjoyed this service, I enjoyed it. I'll tell you what, I enjoy that Hey, the pressure's off of me. Uh, uh, it's not up my business. It's God's church. I, I, listen, and, and, and even in heaven, there was a split in heaven. And then, so the, you might have a split down here. That means nothing. God knows his church. He knows where they are. He knows where every one of them is. And they'll be there. Man, if, if you get a chance somewhere in the next days, weeks, and you get a chance to go into Christ the mystery. And you start reading the inspiration that Brother Branham comes into. And oh, he says, if you ever fail, come back to this tape. It's his church. It's not our business, Brother Len, Brother Harold. It's not, it's, Brother Dale, it's not, it's not our business. But it's God's business. We're a part of it. Oh, I'm so glad he made me a part of it. But it's his church. Amen. Well, I, I, I feel like we maybe need to sing that song again. The new rising up. I think that was just inspired, Brother Marion. <laughs> God bless you for that. As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand as a bride of Christ adorned in a way down. Just like in the day. 